Thank you for tuning in to the Highest Praise Church podcast. For more information about Highest Praise Church, please visit highestpraisechurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Sherwood Lancaster. Been talking about uh, uh, gifts, gifts of the Spirit, what God's been equipping us with. Um, how many knows everybody that God's called, he, He's equipped? And um, just trying to find a good little place to start here. And uh, we, we've gone through uh, the revelation gifts, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discernment of spirits. Uh, we're on power gifts right now, with, with is the gift of faith, uh, the gifts of, of miracles, which is what we're, we're still going to talk about tonight. Probably won't get to it, but maybe uh, the next step would be the, the gifts of healings. And that's, that's what gifts God gives us. He, he, he gives us these gifts and um, for us to operate in. Um, not for us to be glorified, but for us to glorify him. So whenever someone says, well, we don't believe in the gifts or we don't operate in the gifts, then, then what you're doing, you're taking away something that glorifies Jesus. And so that's why I get kind of um, jumpy whenever people begin, especially Christians, believers, say, we don't, we don't believe in this. Well, well they're, they're not for our glorification, they're for his glorification. And everything we do, we want to glorify, glorify Him. And so, um, anyway, I got I got a lot of stuff in me that I want to. I've been looking at and sharing um, some for Sunday, the next Sunday, and stuff like that. So I'm trying hard not to, uh, not to uh, intermingle. But you know, it's kind of sometimes it reminds me of uh, uh, a young a young preacher. One time, well, he, he's he's old, he's older than me now, so he's still a young man if he's older than me. But still, he, he's yeah. But he's still. <laughs> Anyway, he been a long time, and but he, he told me. I remember years ago. He says, "Yeah, he said I remember the first sermon, I, uh, first revival I was in, and, and back then, you know, you had five night revivals. You know, so someone invites you over, you had five night re- revivals, and and so usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, pretty much. And so he said it was his first one, and so he was so nervous, and so he made sure the week before he sat down and he wrote out all five sermons." You know, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday, because he, he, he was just driving crazy. He wanted to make sure he knew what he was going to say. He said, that was the good news. The bad news is, on the first night, he preached all five of them. <laughs> now, what I mean to you guys, if you've never been up here and on that, so basically, so then he, I mean, so Monday night was on fire. He preached the Bible. The problem was Tuesday night, he was like, okay, God, I need some help here. So um, anyway, my point in saying that is a lot of time we, we study, we get things in us. And then, um, but then we want to be able to articulate it, try to get it to the place that, uh, you know, that, uh, that, that we're being very intentional, very intentional what God wants us to do. I think it's very important right now what we're doing. Uh, I think that the, the, the world needs to uh, see demonstrations of the power of God. Um, and, and for the most part, the, the world doesn't, the world doesn't. See the, see the things of God, doesn't see it for the things of God. And um, one thing is, I, I'll, just, I'll just throw this in, I'll get right off of it. One thing I'm, I'm looking at, I'm really, I'm really on this thing about um, um, Elijah. Elijah said this word, he said, if, if I be a man of God. He, he made this and did that statement in 1 Kings chapter number 2. And, and don't, you know, I'm, I'm going to, if I don't preach it right now, I'm going to preach it probably on something working on for Father's Day because I think it's important, important for men to know the importance of being a man of God and what it means in the Bible. 
Um, but but one of the things that that Elijah said, if 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 I be if I be a man of God, then uh, then the, the things that the enemy is trying to come against me with, he will never win, because the devil has always been trying to come against men and women of God. But the, listen to this; it's very important. Make sure I say it, say it, and slow down, and make sure we get it. The devil has always tried to come against men and women of God. The devil has always come against men and women of God. The devil has always lost every time he comes against men and women of God. Do you hear what I just said? Because God always gives us being men of God, being children of God, being receiving power and demonstration of the things of God. And so that's one thing we, I think it's very important right now for the church to know that we're, we're, we're fighting powers and principalities, spiritual weakness. We're fighting an un, um, a invisible force. And, and if we're fighting an invisible force, then we need supernatural gifts. We need supernatural ability. We have, let me put it this way. You really understand that person at work is driving you crazy or that neighbor or whatever it is and, you know, whatever we think, the flesh and blood we think we're fighting against. And, and you know, there's, there's things we have to deal with because everybody's personality doesn't, doesn't, doesn't match. I'm not saying that. But for the most part, it's, it's spiritual things. We have to expect the unordinary. And true men and women of God all throughout the Bible always expected the unordinary. Not the ordinary, but the unordinary. Okay? So I'm going to stop there because that's going to lead me right to the threshold of what I want to go into either this Sunday or next Sunday. depends on how I get it out. But I will, I will set that up. Whenever you're operating the gifts of the Spirit, then you're expecting the ordinary. The unordinary. The ordinary is for God, but the unordinary for us. One of the things that hold us back is we just don't expect, we just don't believe that God can do it. Or if God would do it. But whenever we expect miracles, we expect the healings, um, and it all comes by supernatural faith, and then we step out of the ordinary unto the unordinary. We're stepping out of the natural into the supernatural. Amen? And that's, I, I, was, I think even several, up to about a couple years ago, and, but really into it now, that was a luxury for the church. Today, it's a necessity for the church. Do you hear what I just said? It's no, longer, it's no longer a luxury. You know, I would love to find a good spirit-filled church that just believes in the power of demonstrations of God and see healings. I don't know when the last time I've seen someone get healed. I don't know when the last time I see someone get saved. I, don't know, I mean, that, that obviously is how the church needs to operate, but, but most of the time, that would be a luxury. Well, let's, write, let's, let's find it. We want something else for God. Guys, it's no longer a luxury. We have to have it. Because the enemy is coming against everything he has. So anyway, that's a quick little setup. So let's, let's get to the work of the miracles. I'm going to read through some of this because uh, pretty quick because I went through it a couple weeks ago. The work of the miracles, uh, the gift of working the miracles is active. It actively works a miracle. Now there's nine gifts of the Spirit for those of you guys who hasn't been here that, 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 that God gives. That he's the giver of the gifts. And, and three of the power gifts, we'll just stick with these right now. The first one is being the gift of faith. 
And the gift of faith does not come um, by, is, is not, it is not um, general faith. When we, if you wasn't here uh, last month, we went over what supernatural faith is. General faith is not to be little one or the other, but general faith is the faith that comes by listening to a preacher preach and you receive faith, reading your Bible, um, worshiping songs, uh, just inundating. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, whether you read it, whether you hear it, whether you receive it. And that's the faith, man, just to believe that God can do what, what, what God says he's going to do, believe what the word says. Supernatural faith is, is a manifestation of God, is a gift that comes upon you because you have general faith. You, you're saved by general faith. But supernatural faith is that faith that, that, that causes you to believe God for something that you couldn't ordinarily believe God for. And that's very important we understand that. Um, and, and that is not a faith that, I mean, you, you know, sometimes we have, our, we, have our, we have our scriptures, we have our, you know, our three or four scriptures we hang on to, especially if we need healing, we're going through healing. If we need deliverances, we've got to deliver scriptures. If, if we need miracles, if we need, you know, if we need joy, you know, whatever we're going through. And, and, and we're reading these scriptures and we're praying and, 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 and we're just going through things and we're trying to convince ourselves that, 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 that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. Come on, Christians, right? I mean, sometimes we're not just, we, we're like, okay, we, we're hanging on to the word of God and we're, and we're putting pressure. We're putting pressure on the word of God. Have you ever put pressure on the word of God? Putting pressure on the word of God is, okay, God, I want to see if, if you would do what you said you're going to do. I'm going to hold on to this scripture, God. And what you're really doing, you're not really putting pressure on the word of God. You're putting pressure on your faith. Can I really believe, God, that you're going to do what you said you're going to do? And, and, and faith, and, and synonymous with faith is trust. Can I trust you, God, you're going to do what you said you're going to do? That's called putting pressure on the word. The, the, Old, the Old Testament is, is full, especially Moses and, and, and some in Isaiah and anyways, the, the prophets were big on bringing back to remembrance what God did. And they would say, the early church fathers, God, you did this. You know, when they came out of Egypt, you did this when Pharaoh was coming after them. You know, when Isaiah would talk about the many times that God delivered them from the hands of the Philistines. You know, sometimes we, we have to remind ourselves what God did for us. You know, I should have been dead at 18 years old, all that stupid stuff I did. But look at me now, I'm, I'm delivered and set free and God's gave me a wonderful family. I mean, sometimes you, and, and what are we doing? We, we're, we're putting pressure on the word to the point if, if the word of God, if God can do that then, then the same God that did it then he's the same yesterday and day and forever he can do it today and so we're putting pressure on the word that that God you said you'll never change that you're you never leave us nor forsake us and so and, and that's called putting pressure on the word God you you said God you said uh if you never if you don't ever know what the what to pray uh grab the bible and start start praying scriptures and, and reminding God what he said God, you said you will deliver me. God, you said you will heal me. God, you said if I serve you, you will save me and my household. So I call my children saved. I call them delivered. I call them set free. What are we doing? We're putting pressure on the word. Will it do what we said it's going to do? But what, if all those things, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please him. What the Bible says in Hebrews. We got to come to him and believe that he is, comma, he is what? He is a rewarder. To those who diligently seek after him. And so we, we, and, and people don't like it a lot of times. I've had people, 
I'd love to question this, but this is just my mentality on prayer. I never believe that prayer moves God into a position to answer our prayers. I believe that prayer moves us into a position that we can receive what God has. Amen. So we're never moving God. First of all, he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. If he's moving, it's not, that he, it's, it's not really the question of where he's moving to that I need answered. It's where is he moving from? <laughs> he ain't moving from anywhere. His presence is so big, it completely engulfs the room. Everything he does, he takes up all the room. He takes up all the space. Okay? And so what, and, and I know all of this is just too heavy for our, for our minds, but so, so it's not really the presence of God we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is get us into a position, not a physical position, but get us in a spiritual position that our faith lines up to his ability. And if you can get your faith to line up to his ability, then you can receive something from God, what we just got through singing about. So, you, so that, that's faith. That's general faith. I need my faith a lot of his ability. So this guilt, but then the guilt of faith comes on you. And the guilt of faith comes on you with, because you are a Bible reader and not because you just read three healing scriptures that day or three deliverance scriptures that day. You, but, but you wake up and the gift of faith comes upon you and and, and what you were putting pressure on the word for, and what you were reminding yourself what God has done before, if he's done it before, he's going to do it again, you just wake up and you just have this overwhelming satisfaction that God's going to do it. He's just going to do it. It makes absolutely no sense. And I can't tell you how. I can't tell you where. I can't tell you when. But I'm here to tell you it's going to happen. And your friends who don't, he's not operating that same supernatural gift of faith. They're like, bless her, Jesus, yes, 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 he is. Hallelujah, yes, he is, sister. And we're going to agree with you. Okay, thank you, but I'm telling you, it's going to happen. I'm going, it's going to happen. Amen? So, so, so we start out here, the gift of working a miracle is active. It actively works a miracle. The gift of faith does not work a miracle. But without resistance, it receives a miracle. Okay? So one, one receives something, the other one does something. So that's, that's very important because if you believe in God for a miracle, if you believe in God to work that miracle, it's because you have received the gift of faith that, that God to receive the fact that God can do what he says he's going to do. You will never operate in a, you will never, you will never operate in miracles or, or, or pray for someone or, or see a miracle happen in your life without the supernatural gift of faith. Because I'll be honest with you, our, our, our minds just will not allow it. Now your spirit will. Your spirit's like, oh, God can do it. God can do it. God can do it. God's going to do it. And your mind is telling, no, he can't. No, he won't. It's not going to happen. Because this is how we're set up. We've gone through too much. Right? We've just gone through too much. It's just been too heavy. It's been too hard. It's just too And so our mind is living in the reality and our spirit man is not living in the reality. Our spirit man is living in the spiritual realm to where, oh no, God's going to do it. And so supernatural faith, be honest with you, supernatural, anything supernatural, supernatural faith bypasses your mind and just settles all right here in your spirit. 
It's going to happen. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. Christians are more spiritual than they are natural. I heard angels just, oh, that's right. We don't, we don't, if, we don't like, if we don't like things like manifestational gifts of the Spirit and see God operate, stuff like that makes us uncomfortable. But a Christian is someone in whom the Holy Spirit dwells. You have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. So you're a Christian. You're born again. You're, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. You were dead. That meant that you were dead to the things of God. People out there are sinners. While sinners sin. When we were sinners, we, we sinned. We are away from God. We, we were just there. But the day you got saved, your spirit man, you didn't receive your spirit. You are a spirit. Man is a spirit, possesses a soul, and you live in a body. Whether you like it or not, it's yours. It's what God gave you. Take care of it. Amen. But your body's not yours. That's why it's going to, it's going to, it's going to you know, if you, you leave here, you're going to leave it here. But your spirit, because you are a spirit, is, is God's part. So, but, but, your, but your spirit, man, and your mind, your will, your emotion, your soul is dead to the things of God. You come to church, doesn't matter. Holy Spirit, God can convince you and convince you you need him. It doesn't matter. But he's, he's, he's constant. We know how we got saved. It wasn't the first altar call. It wasn't the first time we should. He stays on us. And whenever we give our heart to God, then our spirit man opens up. And everything about God that we never saw before, we're like, wow. Come on, guys. You remember when you got saved? I don't remember the time you got saved because you didn't want to go to hell. I'm talking about the day you got born again. You didn't need to go, t- you didn't go take a class to say you're born again. You, you're, you're born again. And it's like, wow, scales come from your eyes. What happened? You're open to the things of God. From that point, watch, listen to me. From that point, the day that you were born again, you were born one time, now you're born again. You become more spiritual than you do natural. Boy, that's a stumbling block. That's a threshold. No, no, I'm on the way to heaven, but I'm going to stick with the natural stuff. I'm going I'm to I'm dig in the Bible. I'm just going to stay close. I'm gonna, I'll stay in the Word, Pastor. I'm going to come hear you preach, and we're going to sing and worship. But I'm going I'm, I'm to keep my hand on, that, on, that nat- on the natural things because some of that spiritual stuff spooks me out. Come on, right? Because we know about the natural world. But we're getting ready to enter into a dimension. That we don't know nothing about. And we're saying, God, I'm going to let go of that natural thing. (laughs) The best I can. And there is a wide open space, arena, of spiritual things that we've never experienced before. But that's what's calling us because our spirit man is awakened to the things of God. And the problem with the, we're Christians, but we want to hang on to the natural. We only believe God for what it is that we can understand or we can, or we can relate to. 
If we can figure it out, if we can understand it, then we believe God can do it. But God says, I'm going to need you to let go of what you understand. And I'm going to need you to trust me for something that you've never, ever, ever expected me to do in your entire life. you got to trust me. There's that word trust again. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith and trust is married to each other. You can't say, I have faith in God, but I don't trust him. I have faith in you, God, therefore I trust you. Amen? I think the church for too long has been hanging on to the natural things. And it's time to let go and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I believe there's a realm of the supernatural that not, not that we be nice if we enter into, but God, we need it. We need to operate in that power. We need a world to see it. Amen. Anyway, I want you, I want you to let that resonate a little bit and just realize, say, am I, as a Christian, am I more spiritual than I am natural? Remember your tripart being, your spirit, soul, and body. And I'm telling you, if we just let go and let, and let God and trust God, then we're going to start seeing some things happen like we've never seen before. And the devil's fighting us with everything he had. I just told you that a while ago. He's always done that. He is consistent. He is relentless. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Here, here's, here's the most important. Understand this. He never tires The enemy never tires. So you can't out tire him. <laughs> I don't know the word. <laughs> you can't you can't out endure him. Huh? There you go. Can't endure it. You can't. You can't. You have to just flat out beat him. Boy, this is good. I ain't got it, man. We're on second line. I'm just, I'm just hanging out with you. No, I'm going out. No, I'm going out and doing You can't. You have to beat him. And you can't beat him in the natural. Because he's not natural. He's not natural. He is a, he is a, he is a celestial being. He's an archangel that has been kicked out of heaven. He's relentless. Angels, angels don't get tired. I mean, you, you can read that in the Bible. You can read all three revelations. They sing 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, which wasn't. They just don't stop. He hasn't lost any of, that, any of that, those capabilities. So you can't, you, you can't, you can't out endure him. You have to beat him. If you're going to beat him, you better have the tools necessary to take him out. And God gives us the tools necessary to beat him every single time we come against him. Not by might, 
not by power, but by his spirit. Amen? We got to get hungry for the spiritual things. God, not just hunger, we got to desire them. We got to want them. If not, and, that, and that's the reason why we're constantly fighting the devil. That's the reason why we're constantly under attack. That's the reason why we're constantly oppressed. That's why we're constantly depressed. That's why we're just constantly battling stuff we thought we'd deliver from 20 years ago. That's why you balance stuff that grandma dealt with and your uncle Paul is dealing with and all this kind of stuff. You think you can out, you can out endure him. You cannot. You need, you need a power source that will take him out. If you are a farmer, if God called you to be a farmer and God called you to do that, he wouldn't call you to be a, he would not call you to be a farmer without giving you every piece of equipment you need to, 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 to tend that land and produce a harvest. If God called you to be that. If God called you to be a, if God called you to be a, it, talking about natural, it, natural, just kind of put spiritual things in, in relationship. If God called you to be a farmer, then, then, then when he called you, you would walk around the corner and there'd be a hoe. You go around another corner, there's a shovel. Tractor. Oh, getting some power now. There's a Tractor. You're going, to plant, you're going to plant a bunch of wheat. Wait a minute. You can go out there with, your, with a sickle and try to get the wheat down. He's going to give you a combine. Where's a tractor? There's a tractor. Old country girl here. Tractor. It's all tractors. Just. Anyway, you understand what I'm saying? It's just, you got to have a quick. But God's called you to go throughout the world. And tell the world about who Jesus is. That's what everybody in here is called to do. Just that my office is, is this as a pastor. But everybody, everybody, if we can't do nothing, everybody else can tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. We're all called to do that. God would never call you to do something without giving you the equipment to do it. And if he would give a, and if he would give a farmer a hoe and a shovel and a tractor... Then he'll give you faith, miracles, and healings. He'll give you, he'll give you words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discernment of spirit. He'll give you the gift. If he would give, is, is God good? Yes. If he's going to give that farmer a tractor, not something he's got to buy. I'm talking about something God's just going to give him. Because whatever, whoever God calls, he always equips. And God has called us to be the light of the world. He's called us to shine in a dark world. Honey, it's dark out there. And the only glimmer of hope that mankind has right now, and they don't even know it, is shining through us. We are the salt. I'm just, I'm just quoting my Bible, Matthew. We are the salt of the earth. This earth, this world, which is the, we use the word world because it's a system. This world wants so bad to rot. Because what it does. But it can't be called a salt is here. When I'll salt something on my food. No, unless you want to go back some more. My grandparents had a pack house. We had sausage. We had bacon. We had ham in there. And it was covered. It was cured in salt. And how enough freezers to put it in? But remember, that salt. Because that salt is a preservative. 
So the world is being preserved because the church is here. We're still here. And we will be until the rapture takes place. When the rapture takes place, then there's nothing to hold back. And everything that they want, everything they want, the, the, the rot that they want is going to be the rot they're going to get. Because the church is not here to hold it back. But guess what? We're still here. And if we're here and things are as bad as they are, then God wouldn't keep us here unless God has already given us the tools to defeat the enemy in every single area. That's why I believe with all my heart that we are the generation that's going to, and when I say generation, that's a, that's a span of time, not an age group, a span of time that is on this planet right now that we're going to see, that we're going to participate in the catching away of the saints. I believe with all my heart. And I also believe if we are, then we're also the one that has been equipped with the equipment necessary to defeat the enemy one more time before the church gets out of here. The enemy wants to fight us. He wants it bad. I mean, we're the Mike Tyson of the day. He wants us. He wants us in the ring. And God has given us everything we need to take him out. Amen. We got to believe that. He wanted to take Wes and Isabella out yesterday. Took some, took some young dude sleeping in the Walmart parking lot. Police goes by there and says, just to let him know you can't stay here anymore. And the dude just takes off because the car he had was stolen. They didn't know that. This joker takes off. Pulls out 17, goes down the wrong side of 17. Flips over in the minion, comes back, almost hit West there. The dude makes another turnaround, running from the, the law. He ain't after the, after the law, runs in there, and West says he's running about 50. West says he, this guy's running about 110 and slams in the back of him. Flipping his truck with Isabella in it, his, his um, second grade child, and the truck flips three to four times. Now, let me ask you a question. Oh, let me back up. And as Kim just says, they're in church tonight. Amen. All of them. All of them. <laughs> now, here's the thing you got to understand. Do you think that's the outcome that the devil wanted? Do you think that that all was just, see, here's what we got to think, that it all just, it all just, it all just just happened. The devil's been planning. He's been scheming. He's been waiting. If I can get this guy to stay in this, this, this place, I'm going to use this officer to come to him, scare him. He's going to get in the car and I'm going to make sure that Wes is in a certain spot. He's going to, and that is all calculated by the enemy. He is a well-oiled machine. Powers, principalities. It talks about them. It talks about the intelligence, the 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 order, and the and the consistency in what he's after. He wants it, like Kim said. He wants them out. He didn't want me up here teaching you this today, and I wouldn't have if 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 something tragic would have happened to him. But here's the good news. But God. 
<clears throat> now, that one mani- now that manifested a little bit more than what we wanted, but sometimes it happens, but still the outcome is the same. Here's the whole thing. You're sitting here today and you don't know the truck that God moved out of the way. He don't know the car that didn't pull out in front of you. You don't know the cancer cell that did not invade your body. You do not know what the enemy has for you that God, because you prayed, because you operate in the, in, in, in the spiritual things of God, and God says, you know what? I'm going to take care of it. And you know absolutely nothing about it. Woo! I don't know about you, but sometimes you say, Lancaster, you're different. I am different. You know why? I probably worship different than you. You don't know why? Because I make sure I take time and sometimes, and, and I just worship God and I thank God and I praise God for stuff I know absolutely nothing about. God, I thank you for what didn't happen. I thank you for the, because I know that I know the enemy, he's mean, he's vile, he's just a, he's just a hateful old, old dude, ready to do whatever. And God, I have no idea. I have no idea what the plans he had for my children. I had no idea what plans he had for my grandchildren. I had no idea what plans he had for me and my wife or my church, for any of you guys. So God, I know it was something because he's a bad dude, but you're gooder than he is bad. And I just want to thank you today, God. Why am I saying that? Because I'm more in tune in the spiritual realm than I am the natural realm. And I don't have to see a car almost hit me or have one of my children call me and say, guess what happened? To know that God was not at work today in the lives of my family and my church. I know he was. Just know he was. I don't have to have an experience in the natural to know that something happened in the supernatural. Something happened in the spiritual. So when we start singing songs like we sung today, I can't help but just throw my hand. But because we live so much in the natural, we can't throw our hands up and worship him the way he is worthy to be worshipped. Because nothing manifests itself in the natural, but there's a lot happening in the supernatural. And you have no idea about it. Let that be, let that be somebody else's husband or daughter that was in that car. I, I tell you what, they might not have darkened the church doors since Easter. I bet you they probably would have came in here tonight. Gave God about three weeks and went on back. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ah, see the Lord, he says he wants, to, he wants us to know his hand. He wants you to be familiar with his hand. He wants you to be, experience his hand. 
Because the Lord is telling me, he just, he just said, I want you to experience. He said, I want you to experience my grace. I want you to expect my hand. I can't, I can't, it's hand. What can I come out? And, and that word was hand. I want you to expect his hand. Expect my hand. See my hand. In all things, saith the Lord. Just expect my hand. Some of the greatest pictures, I, what, what I saw as, she, as God was giving her that word through there, I, I remember seeing a picture one time, and it's just a, I, I'm, I can't remember if it was a, well, my aunt or she, who has a picture. Now, it wasn't my grandmother's house, but it was a, a picture of like two kids walking across, two children walking across a, a, a shaky bridge. They didn't know it was shaky because they were, they were kids. But out of the picture, there was a hand coming out of the, out of the heavens just, just keeping his hand on the bridge so it wouldn't fall. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to expect the hand of God to be on us. Look for the hand of God. Amen? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight, man. He's just showing up. <laughs> wow. I mean, he just, you know, ain't Holy Ghost, he's just cool. He's just like the coolest guy. When we get to heaven, you're going to say, where's the Holy Ghost? He's, he's cool. He's the guy over there. He's the cool guy over there. Not that the father and son is not cool, but it's just cool. That probably offends somebody. You shouldn't say cool. I mean, just cool is whatever you think. He, he, just, he just knows what to do and how to show up. I mean, I'm on number two here, and the Holy Spirit just, just, it just, it just stopped me because he, he wants to do that. He wants, he wants to show us. God just, God just spoke to us. God, God just spoke to us. And the cool thing about it is, is that when he speaks to us, he speaks through us. Amen? He speaks through us. Just to get a word of comfort and a word of exalt, it, it, to exalt him. And he just, he, just, he just uses us to solidify what it is that, to be honest with you, I'm trying to articulate up here. I got this lame vehicle up here called words to try to convey to you what I'm feeling in my spirit. God, we, we got to understand we are spirit beings and, and we are more in touch in the spiritual things of God. So we need to expect it. Yes. Amen. Expect God to, to work. If you're, if you're, if you're not, if you don't come to church, this church, or you're not familiar with this, um, there's, there's three types of tongues in the Bible. There's, well, there's four types of tongues in the Bible. I'm not going on this, but just so you know, that right there is tongues with the interpretation. There's the known tongue where um, people has been in uh, a, a, another, another place where, whether it be in the Central America where, where there's, um, and, and you're English speaking and you're, where they speak more Spanish or if you're in Europe and, and there's different languages being said, but yet, um, someone is talking in the other known language, and you, but you can understand it, or or you speak a language in there, uh, even though you never took a French class, but you start talking. But that's called a known tongue. That's the second type of tongue. There's an unknown tongue, and that's that's a tongue that's that you're praying unto God. You're not praying unto man. This tongue interpretation. This is this is a tongue unto men. This is a tongue that. 
that will edify men. Everything that just God just used her to, to operate in, that, that tongue was, she spoke, but God gave the words. It was to edify men. And we were edified because, let me tell you something. So that we're going to expect to see the hand of God in everything we do this week. So God said, expect it. That's all he said, just expect it. How faith is going to happen. I mean, remember, that's how faith moves is by expecting a known tongue is, again, is a, is, a, is a tongue that edifies men. I had a, I had a man uh, that was when I was assistant pastor, and his wife was a, was a spirit-filled woman. And, and he was too. We met him. And um, uh, he, he, he was retired, but he was, in, uh, he, was, he was a retired French teacher. And um, anyway, the way that he... So they went to the Spirit-filled church, and he, was, he just went because he didn't really go to church anyway, and his wife always went to the Spirit-filled church. He figured, well, I'll just, just go with her and just sit down. He was cool until something like that would happen. And one day he was sitting there. He still, you know, everybody was, you know, just, just felt the presence of God when God spoke. And he's like, he, the whole time he was like, you know, I just, I just don't get it. I just I don't see it. He says, God, you got you to show me, you got to prove to me that, that this, is, this is you. So he says about a week or two later, a lady, one of the oldest ladies in the church, he says, um, who probably has never really ever, ever been out of the county that she lived in. God began to use her just like that to give a word in church. And they're sitting there and they're waiting for interpretation. And the pastor was, told him later he was waiting, couldn't get it. But he got it. Wonder why? Because he understood every word because she spoke. He says she spoke an excellent, fluent French. That was God's way of showing him, no, this is real. Now, to everybody else in the room, it was an unknown tongue. Because everybody else, we didn't pay attention in French class. We took it that one year. <laughs> right? But in the same room, watch this. But in the same room, it was an unknown tongue. But that one person, it was a known tongue. The point was, he then got up and gave the interpretation. He walked in the building not even believing in the gifts of the Spirit. <laughs> yeah, it, it, don't tell me God don't have a sense of humor. So God uses this late. No, he knew the woman, knew good and well. This woman didn't know any French. So he, he, was a, he shared that story. You can't probably remember that. He shared that story. So anyway, so in the Bible, so we see a known tongue. And we see... Um, and we see the, um, the, uh, the tongue of interpretation. And an unknown tongue, the Bible says, is a, is a tongue unto God. An unknown tongue is, is not for the edification of man or men or people in the church. An unknown tongue is an edification between you and God. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians um, chapter number 13, Go home and read the whole thing. Or maybe it's 14, so read both chapters. But it says, um, when you pray an unknown tongue unto God, howbeit you do not speak unto men, but you speak unto God. So what is happening? You're praying in that heavenly language. And anytime you pray in that heavenly language, look what God did tonight, because I mentioned it a while ago. You're bypassing the level of your mind. And here's where y'all get ready, you know, okay, here's where you start getting natural. Because your mind's going to talk you out of it. When you're praying an unknown tongue, it's unknown because you don't know what you're saying. 
And it's, you're not going to get interpretation because you're not doing it for the entire congregation to get it. It is your spirit talking to, the, to, the, to God's spirit. And you're going from here to here, and it's bypassing your mind, and so your spirit receives it. And then your spirit's going to start relaying to your mind, this is what God says, and this is what's going to happen. The cool thing about the, uh, about the unknown tongue, we're praying unto God, <clears throat> because it's not done uh, for a public interpretation, then you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to reveal what it is you just prayed. Now listen to me, it's what's important. Because it happens a lot. Whenever you're worshiping, whenever you're exalting the Spirit of God, whenever you're just uh, getting free. We, when we say freedom of worship, what we're doing, we're saying, God, we just, just come, God, just, just speak to us. And you'll find yourself, whenever you're worshiping, you might be beside somebody, you might be in front of somebody, and you hear that person just singing in tongues or just praying in tongues or just doing whatever, and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I, you know, the church, I believe in tongues. I got to be interpretation. That's if it's, a, if it's a tongue of interpretation. But if it's an unknown tongue, it's not for the edification of the body it's for the edification of you you're not praying unto men you're praying to God and the cool thing that's why when Paul says that I sing in the natural uh, or the understanding and I sing in the spirit I pray in the with the understanding and I pray in the spirit and so he goes to that. He's telling that there's sometimes that I pray for the edification of the body and sometimes I'm praying for the edification edification of me and the Spirit of God, he is so, such a gentleman that whenever you find yourself in, in private, that's why in private, if you're, if you're, you feel the Spirit and you, you allow the, and you, you, speak, you pray in tongues, you, you might be in your prayer closet, you might be in your car, and you're praying in the Spirit, and, and you just begin to pray in tongues, and you have no idea what it is you're praying. But guess what? Anytime I do that, I always pray. And when I get done, I say, thank you, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, I thank you for, for the revealing of what it is I just prayed. It might not be that day. It might be two days later. Sometimes for me, it might be where I'm up here preaching. I just get a, like a burst of revelation that comes into me. And the Holy Spirit would say, that's what you prayed two years ago, in the, two, two weeks, two days ago in the spirit that I'm revealing to you right now. Y'all believe in this stuff or not? Yes. Not really, serious. I mean, it's completely awesome. And sometimes the spirit of God, he'll bring back stuff that you knew from, from, from remembrance, from stuff you forgot. I can be here sometimes, and I'm preaching away, I'm going with it, and something that I can't even find notes on, come at me, it'll be, it'll be as clear as the night I preached it 12 years ago. What did I just do? I'm bypassing this, <laughs> and it's coming out of here. Oh, Jesus. And because right before I left my office sometimes, it don't have to be, it could be the day before, I'll stop and I'll, I'll walk to the door, think I'm getting ready to leave to come in here, and I'll hit the lock button on my door. And I'll just stop. And I'll open my mouth to pray and ask God something, and all I do is start praying in that heavenly language. I don't know why. I just do it because what he tells me to do it. Think nothing else of it, come in here and worship it. And it might be the end of a service or whatever. And I can feel not from here, but from here, something comes out of my spirit. And I'm deposit unto you. And I see God do something completely amazing into our congregation. I didn't know that, but he did. So you see what I mean? As Christians, 
we celebrate what's taking place here tonight because as Christian, we should expect spiritual things more than natural things. Most churches don't. Now, bless God, we're going to sing these songs when God and the kids make some hot dogs and some sushi, and then we're going to pick them up and we're going home. Because bless God, that's what, we, that's what the natural, and God says, oh, we can still eat hot dogs and sushi. At the same time, we can have an encounter of the spiritual realm right here at the same time. Amen. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Boy, man, I could call you up here right now. We could have church at like 12 o'clock, man. It would be so cool. Amen. Are you glad you came to the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Let me pray of you. <laughs> well, we got to right here. That's a record. <laughs> we did. I actually was going to go all the way down here. You know, i tell you what it is. It's this prayer shawl right here I brought in here. Uh, well, it's, I mean, it's not. I was just saying that. But I was going to talk about the mantle, about the mantle. So I'll, I'll get to that next week about, about what uh, a mantle, uh, a mantle is, 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 is the outer evidence of what you have on the inside of you. And we're going to talk, we're going, believe it or not, what we're going to talk about Elijah or Elisha picking up Elijah's mantle and the reason why he was able to do the same things that Elijah did. He picked up his mantle. There was no power in this mantle. To be honest with you, the mantle of, oh God, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I shouldn't have picked this up. The Elijah, the Elijah mantle was, was, a, was a prayer show. And, and remember, he, when the chariots of fire fell, it, it fell. And Elijah told Elijah, you stay over here. He said, I ain't standing over here. He stayed with him. See, that's what happens when you want something of yes, God. Yes. You, you always stay in the presence. And so when it fell, Elijah, it fell to the ground, and Elisha was there to pick it up. He goes to the waters. He says, may the same God Elijah be with me today. And yes. he smote the waters, and it opened up. Nobody says, my goodness, it's, it's, it's on him now. My point real fast is, is that whenever John the Baptist came, and they said that the reason why they said the prophet says that he is of the spirit of Elijah. It wasn't that Elijah's spirit was floating around. Elijah, he's up in heaven. Remember, Elisha, he died. And when he died, Gehazi was supposed to get this. But remember, Gehazi went after what Naaman had. And he ended up getting what Naaman had, which was the leprosy. He wanted the reward that he had. Elijah told him not to. So, so Gehazi, so Elijah, so Elisha died, never passing the mantle. So the priests got to hold the mantle, and they put it in the the inner court of God, the most holy place in there, with the chair, where the the Ark of the Covenant was. When Zacharias went in there, he did the prayer. And God told him, you're going to be, you're going to be, or Elizabeth is going to be pregnant with a, with, with a child. His name is going to be John. And, that, and that, that the spirit of Elijah is going to be upon him. He, being a priest, he could do it. He reached underneath there and he grabbed Elisha's mantle, which the priest has had and kept since Elisha died. And he took it. And he took it out. 
And when John was born, he put that mantle on John the Baptist. So when John the Baptist walked around, he had on camel skins and he had a mantle. He had Elijah's mantle, and that's why they said the spirit, the spirit of Elijah was on John the Baptist. Not because, because there is no spirit of Elijah. It was the same, the same gifts that they had, he had. Anyway, I don't know. I might just confuse y'all, but. Right? I mean, you have to, why do they, why do they keep saying that? Because, watch this. Here it is. Thank you. I forgot. Here, Holy Spirit, I want to make sure I get this right. The outer mantle described what the inner anointing was in his life. If he just walked around with, with camel's, camel's hair and eating wild locusts and wild honey, I thought, he's a nut. But because he had a mantle, and the mantle signifying what he was carrying on the inside of you. What's our mantle today? Our mantle is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And whenever we lay hands on the sick and they recover, we say the Spirit of God is the Spirit, the same Spirit that was on Elijah, the same Spirit was on Elijah is upon them. Miracles, signs, and wonders are mantles that signify the gifts which is on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. And I want you walking around. I mean, I don't literally, they'll thank you. But anyway, just like you've got a prayer shawl on you all the time, and this is the covering. You've got a mantle, and, the, and you, you've got what's, what's on the inside of you, and the mantle is, is, is people's eyes being opened through the goodness of God. Yes. Amen. Anyway, that's my point. But we'll get that later. We got to go and see if there's any hot dogs left. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Seriously, Father, oh, Father, hallelujah. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Right here on earth, even as is in heaven. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your kingdom has come tonight. And God, we just took our time, Lord, and we just allow you to speak through us and speak to us, God. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the word, God, that you're that, God, you are, you are showing us your hand, God, piercing through the heavens. And your hand, God, is, is upon us. Your hand is over us, Lord. And I thank you, dear God, that, that you're over our families. I thank you, dear God, you're over this church, God, this ministry. I thank you, dear God, that you're, you have kept us here for such a time as this, Lord, because there's a lost and dying world that needs to, needs to, needs to know you like we know you, God. So, Father, may we be more spiritual this week than we are natural. And may we see the spiritual things of God take place, God, like we've never experienced before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from our midweek experience. If you want to partner with us as we see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced, you can donate through our website, highestpraisechurch.com. And if you would like to stay up to date with all that God is doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram highest.praisechurch and like us on Facebook at Highest Praise Church. We can't wait to see you soon.